Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of the Chase McAndrew Podcast. I am your host, Chase McAndrew. And before we get into Tomorrow Never Dies, I want to apologize that I did not get this, get this out uh, late late last month. I took a vacation, and then sadly, uh, one of my dogs passed at the end of last month, just a couple of days ago. Uh, Penelope Rose, my baby girl, um, I love you. I miss you. Um, you were the best lab a guy could ask for, a family could ask for. Um, I I love you, girl, and um, I will always, always, always miss you for the rest of my life, baby girl. I love you, pretty, pretty. Alrighty, so, and I also want to announce I'm going to be doing a not as big as last year. Uh, on my Facebook page, if you know me on Facebook, I did a Facebook uh, written up reviews of a couple horror films. I want to continue that in podcast form this year and hopefully for the years, uh, uh, for the upcoming years, uh, till whenever I stop m- making uh, this podcast. But I w- I'm going to be reviewing a couple um, horror films throughout this month of October as well. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I love horror films. If you didn't know that, I love horror films. Um, as long as these Bond films. And, uh, yeah, let's get into Tomorrow Never Dies, shall we? Uh, it was originally entitled Tomorrow Never Lies due to the subject matter of the movie where a media magnate tries to take over the world and he is lying through his newspaper and his news coverage and stuff like that. Personally, I like the I I I like Tomorrow Never Lies as a title bit better, but the Bond franchise loves the word "die" or "dies" in their title. That's D I E S, by the way, not D Y E or whatever else type of how however you all can spell "die." Um, they love the word "dies" so or "dies," so they put that in instead of "lies." Uh, but like I said, I prefer. Tomorrow Never Lies, but whatever. Um, released in 1997, uh, the second Pierce Brosnan film and the 18th film in the franchise overall. Uh, d- directed by Roger Sparswood, produced by Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, and it's written by Bruce Firestein, and it's based on the character of James Bond by Ian Fleming. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, like I said, is Bond for the second time, and he's really good in this film. He's kind of um, growing into the role just a little bit more than he was in Goldeneye. He's very, very good, though, in the role. I really do like him in this. We have Jonathan Price, who is chewing up the scenery in all the hammy glory in this film as Elliot Carver, the main bad guy. Um, Jonathan Price is a well-respected and great actor of today, and even back in 1997, he was well... he. He was well-respected, and um, getting him on this film is amazing because he is amazing in this film. Every time he has a a long monologue or yells or something, it is chewing up the scenery greatness, over-the-top greatness. It is amazing. Um, he is fantastic in this film. He he alone, for the performance of Jonathan Price, um, is in my top ten Bond villains of all time because he is just so much fun. In this role, he's he's so funny. He's great. I love it. And then we have Michelle Yeoh as Wei Lin, 
who is a badass. Uh, this character, Wayne Lynn, could kick Bond's ass, I believe. Um, and Michelle Yeoh is a badass in real life, too. She's a, a martial artist herself. This was three years, I believe, before Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out. So this was like her introduction before that film. And yeah, she's really good in this film. She's one of the best Bond girls, too, because she's Bond's equal, and she's a badass. And then we have Terry Hatcher as Paris Carver, which... 1997, uh, Terry Hatcher was, I believe, right after the Lois and Clark TV show, the Superman TV show with uh, Dean Cain. Um, yeah, man, holy crap. Uh, yeah, she's not in the movie much, but the scene she she is in, um, Jonathan Price and uh, Pierce Brosnan are lucky, lucky, lucky men. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, Joe Dog Baker comes back uh, from the first film uh, as uh, Jack Wade, uh, Bond's uh, CIA friend, and he in his in his small role in this film he's pretty good. Uh, not a lot of screen time, just basically a cameo, like an extended cameo. But yeah, he's really good in the film for his small time. We have Ricky Jay as Gupta. Uh, an, an, an American uh, techno-terrorist who is, uh, who is a, a henchman of, uh, of uh, Elliot Carver. And he's good. He, uh, Ricky Jay is a magician, I believe. Um, they cut out a couple scenes of him doing tricks and stuff, like, uh, like uh, magician tricks and stuff. It would have made the character a little bit better. Um, but he's okay in this film. He doesn't really have a lot of dialogue. He just says a couple of things and does a couple of techno things. It's really about it. And then we have, and then we have Guts Otto, uh, Stamper, who is the main henchman of the film. He's the blonde henchman that the Bond films love as well as the words, uh, die. Uh, they love their blonde henchman and, um, yeah, he does a good job in the role. He's vague. He's intimidating. Um, he, he does the job. And he's good. Um, so this is a... This was the first film uh, post the Cubby Broccoli uh, era of Bond. Uh, he, he sadly passed away, like I said, in my uh, GoldenEye review in 1996, a, a year after GoldenEye came out and the year previous to when this film uh, came out. And it's attributed to him at the end of the uh, film as well. And, um, yeah, I was sad to see him uh, or to know that he passed uh, in between films. But, you know, the, the the guy left a legacy, that's for damn sure. I mean, the dude produced every film in the Bond franchise up to uh, this film. So that's pretty, that's 1962 to 1995. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. Uh so, yeah. Uh, so let's get into the pre-title sequence. And I can't remember if I said this in my review of GoldenEye, but I think all four of Pierce Brosnan's pre-title sequences are actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think they're all a lot of fun. I think they all um, do their job pretty well. I think they're all fun little semi-self-contained stories for for at least three of them, I think. But yeah, I really like this um, 
I really like this pre-title sequence. Bond has to stop a uh, a a jet from exploding who that has uh, nuclear missiles attached to it, so they can um, so this terrorist market can't have them essentially. And um, yeah, it's it's really fun. The the uh, jet playing the aerial footage is pretty good in this pre-title sequence. Um, yeah, it's a fun title sequence, and then it goes into the uh, the actual title sequence. And the Cheryl Crow song "Tomorrow Never Dies" is good, as well as the title sequence itself. It's very techy. It's very um, um, this has a lot of technology-based imagery. It's early or, or it's late '90s, early 2000s CGI, but it looks pretty good. Um, the song, like I said, I do like it, um, but I think most Bond fans would agree with me when I say that the song uh, "Surrender" by K.D. Lang. Uh, which is actually the post or the end credit uh, song called Surrender um, is a better title sequence song than the Cheryl Crow one. But like I said, I do like the Cheryl Crow song. I just prefer the the Katie Lang uh, song just a little bit more. And like I said, I think a lot of Bond fans would agree with me on that one. Um, so we get into the actual film and we see a man called Gupta uh, like I like I referenced the Ricky Jay character, and he was in the pre-title sequence. Uh, he was buying an encoder, and he, he basically is just is using that encoder to basically divert the HMS Devonshire off its course in into Chinese waters um, because millionaire. Uh, uh, Media mogul uh, Elliot Carver is trying to more or less start World War III, basically. Um, he he basically, what, what Gupta does is he, um, he sends a signal to the HMS Devonshire and basically reroutes it to a different position. And so Elliot Carver's uh, men on their stealth ship can uh, sink it and um, can basically blame it on the Chinese. Um, so World War Three can, you know, hope in 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 Carver's eye, uh, hope hopefully start. And then we have, and then we have um, a sequence where M and the British Navy commander are talking, and Bond comes in and says, hey, this, this, I, I just got this information like an hour ago, and my guy in Saigon got the news two hours before that, so how did this newspaper find out? This is This is the next day, by the way. When everybody finds out about the sinking of the HMS Devonshire, and then um, so Bond is sent to investigate how Elliot Carver 
the owner of uh, that the, the newspaper called Tomorrow uh, knew knew about this attack before anybody else did really, and um, he basically is goes to Hamburg, Germany, and basically is sent to investigate, and Bond finds his old girlfriend at the launch party of Elliot's uh, uh, 24-hour news network. He finds uh, Paris Carver, uh, like I said, played by Terry Hatcher, an old girlfriend of Bond, and yeah, it's Bond is found out. Bond lets Carver's men take him and beat him up until he's like, okay, I'm done with this crap, and he beats the crap out of all his guys. Bond escapes the party, uh, but, but before that, he takes out um, uh, Elliot's uh, inaugural broadcast, and that pisses off Elliot. And instead of sending one of his men, Elliot sends Paris to go and basically seduce Bond. Um, and the next morning, Paris gives Bond information, and then um, about 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 how to get into his newspaper factory to find the encoder. Bond goes Bond goes to the factory, finds the encoder, goes back to his hotel room. He sees that Paris has been killed by a man named Doctor Kaufman, and Doctor Kaufman. It's a good scene, but here's the thing. It's James Bond, and the character of Doc, Dr. Kaufman is... I don't want to say the guy is miscast. I think, I think the guy's a good actor. But he's just kind of... a goofy guy. He's he, You don't buy him as a killer or an assassin. So, Bond kills Kaufman... And he escapes. And earlier in the film, when Bond lands in Hamburg, uh, Germany, you have a sequence where he meets Q. And Q has his scene in Germany, and he gives Bond his his BMW, his his new BMW car. And Bond uh, on on his phone has a pad that he can drive the car remotely from the phone. So Bond uses his phone to escape his hotel after killing uh, Dr. Kaufman. He uses the pad on the phone to steer the car. He jumps in the car while Stamper and his men are trying to shoot it at the car. And then, and then there's a whole chase scene in the hotel uh, garage and Bond just goes around and around and just around and around and around and around and around and finally jumps out of the car again, crashes it, um, and he escapes once again. And it's a good little sequence. It's fun. It's um, this movie. I really think is where people started to say, "Oh, the Bond films are becoming nothing more than just shoot 'em ups and a lot of gunfire, and, and not much to story." I don't quite agree with that completely. There is some story there. There is story to this film, but the shoot 'em up aspect is definitely there. Um, so after he, after he has the encoder, 
Vaughn goes to a U.S. Air Force base in Okinawa, Japan, and he more or less finds, no, not more or less, he, he finds out that the encoder, that, 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 that group just stole, that he stole from, from the, from the paper factory, um, that the encoder had been tampered with, so that set the the signal the, the wrong signal to the HMS uh, Devonshire, and that's how it sunk and was destroyed. And so that's that's what they think. And then that's where Jack Wade comes in. Bond Halo jumps down from a U.S. plane uh, to where the encoder says the British ship is. Bond finds the British ship. Um, and that's where Wei Lin comes into the story after we met her earlier as a journalist, um, but she's actually a Chinese agent. And uh, they search the ship, uh, and as the ship is about to sink again, because it's sitting on a rock, and, and it's about to crush the rock and sink, Bond and uh, Wei Lin discover that a missile inside of the ship is missing and they escape the ship before it can sink and once once they surface uh they find um stamper and his men have killed all wayland's uh uh ship contacts on board of her ship how she got there and uh they take bond and wayland to the saigon uh base for for um elliot carver and Carver basically tells them that they're going to get tortured and killed. Bond and Wayland escape, and they have an awesome... This chase scene, by the way, is awesome. I've always loved this chase scene. Bond and Wayland are handcuffed together, and, they're, and they take a motorcycle through the streets of Saigon, and they're being chased by cars and helicopters, and it's, it's a really, really cool sequence. And Waylon has to, uh, three or four times, has to maneuver herself to the back of Bond, to be in front of Bond. She's maneuvers herself around the bike, and it's a really cool, inventive, um, fun action sequence. And then after um, Bond and Waylon um, go to her, her uh, agency base in Saigon, and they go to stop um they go to stop Carver in his um in his stealth ship and they try before he blows up basically Carver's plan um basically his plan is to allow the Chinese government and the UK government basically go to war over over them both thinking that the other launched a missile onto the other's uh, ships, their, uh, their naval ships, and they basically have to stop that from Bond and Wayland have to stop that from happening aboard Carver's stealth ship. And then you have 
this really cool, again, shoot 'em up sequence where Bond and Waylon are going in, but Waylon gets captured, so Bond has to kind of shoot his way through and get Waylon back, and Bond uh, captures Gupta and says, let's swap Waylon for Gupta, and Carver asks him if, or he 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 asks Gupta if the launch is ready. He says, "Okay, you've you've outlived your contract." And he kills Gupta, and Bond's like, "Crap!" And Bond goes off on his own Plan B, basically, and starts destroying the stealth ship, starts blowing it up, and um, and Waylon man- manages to to escape. And they both start blowing up and taking down the stealth ship uh, before it it uh, explodes, basically. And um, it's a fun action sequence. It's not it it, it at the beginning when they're um, when they're setting the bombs on the ship, they set it for ten minutes. Yeah, this is at least a twenty minute sequence. Or maybe even 25 minute sequence. Last half hour of this film is maybe 25. 25, 30 minutes of this film. So the time, you know, it's it's not 10 minutes, it's 25 minutes, which, you know, is what happens in a Bond film when there's a bunch of action and it's fun, it's cool. And yeah, that's basically it. They blow up the ship. The Chinese and UK governments find out that Carver has been playing them the whole time uh, with this and with this encoder. Uh, because Bond and Waylon basically told them both what had, what had happened, or both governments what had happened. And, yeah, that's really it. 21 minutes. Um, yeah, I like this film. I mean, what can I say? I like it. It's fun. Um, is it is it his best? Is it Brosnan's best? No, but it's fun. I enjoy it. I, I, I think I have a lot more liking to the Brosnan films, because these are the films that I watched the most as a kid, especially GoldenEye. His, his other three, yes, I did watch them, but just not as much as GoldenEye, because GoldenEye is perfection. I really like this movie, though. Waylon's an awesome, an awesome, badass Bond girl. The action's fun. The villain is great. Jonathan Price, like I said, is awesome. The story is there. It's a, it's a two-hour movie, but it's fun. I enjoy it a lot. And yeah, that's about it for this one, guys. It's a fun movie. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I'm going to give it a B. It's fun. It's a good second entry into kind of a standard Bond film for what the modern age Bond film could be. But yeah, I I like it. I like it. I'm going to give it a B, like I said. So thank you, everybody, for listening and i'll see you guys next time for my first uh halloween review uh which will probably happen uh just i'll I'll probably do uh the world is not enough first and then my first halloween review for october so look for those in the next couple days and i'll see you guys next time